eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. One Enquirer podcast here live in Minneapolis where Illinois loses 40-17, to 17, their third straight loss. And we're actually sitting in the visiting AD's booth where Josh Whitman and his group were pretty rowdy early on as Deli Harding gets the pick six and Illinois goes up 7 nothing, but straight dominance then fourth as uh, Minnesota-Illinois uh, gets dominated by Minnesota. And we're sitting here in, in uh, Josh Whitman's booth and we kind of looked around. Is there a scrap of paper with names on it, Isaac Trotter? Because, boy, a 2-3 and three with Michigan. And, and Wisconsin coming up next, I think Illinois is really uh, looking at five straight losses, very likely. And then Purdue after that, you hope you can win that game. But what makes you think you can win that game? So, really, this isn't progress. This is what people signed up for. And that should have been the most maddening game of the Lovey Smith era. Given what you did to Minnesota last year, this looks like you've taken a huge step back and Minnesota has gone so far in front of you. Yeah, it's unbelievable. After you know dismantling the Golden Gophers 55-31 last year, Minnesota's lost one game. They're 8-1 since that point. And Illinois has struggled. They're 2-6. and six. And you just see what was on the product on the field. Minnesota has the same amount of starters back as you do. It's the entire of the same team, right? They have a couple different running backs that weren't healthy last year. But still, they had Mo Abraham last year, who was pretty good, right? Like that, That's not a big drop-off between Abraham and Rodney Smith. And you see that Illinois gets all their guys back. They get six new transfers. We were told in the offseason that this was a better football team. And you're playing the same Minnesota team that you beat by 24 last year and the result a 23 point loss where you weren't really even in the game and you can't muster one offensive touchdown after rushing for almost 400 500 yards of offense against them last year this was a disaster right that's what it was it was a dismantling it was a disaster and Illinois has taken another step back you know as I drive up to TCF Bank Stadium this morning I'm, I'm just thinking gosh you, you see what Purdue's doing and they're just getting dismantled by uh, Penn State and it's like 35 to 7 and I go Northwestern's not very good either if Illinois we know Rutgers stinks and, and Blackshear their stud player says he's transferring and I go if Illinois wins today there's a path for six that path is gone Right, and we're being—that's an optimistic take after close losses, Eastern Michigan, cl- a close loss to Nebraska. I, there's still a little shred of optimism that this season could get back on track. And Michigan's gonna come down to town next week, and they're gonna run the ball right all over you, better because they're better than Minnesota. And Wisconsin might be the best team in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State this year, and they're gonna run all over Illinois just like Minnesota did. And Illinois is gonna be two and five. 
and the product that we saw on the field is not good enough in year four. It's a, ma it's a massive step back. We'll talk a little bit about the defensive struggles, why this keeps happening, and we'll talk a little bit about the quarterback. When we come back, let's talk big picture. Like, what are we looking at here at Illinois? That's next. All right, Isaac Trotter. Um, I don't know if there's still – we should probably put a poll question out there. Even the most optimistic fan, right? parents of players who bought into these guys. Um, you know, people who are just orange and blue and will support these guys no matter what, and that's great. But how can you not have huge doubts after, what, 41 games of Lovey Smith? He's now 4-25 and during Big Ten play, and that was, I believe, the fifth or sixth time in the last two years he's given up 300-plus rushing yards to a Big Ten team. Uh, yeah, go ahead. And a bad Big Ten rushing team, yeah, right? That's terrible. the thing that that's even worse. That Minnesota struggles so much running the football. They're averaging two and a half yards a carry, and they come and just run all over you, all over you. And, and just look at the number. Just look at the numbers. Rodney Smith, 24 carries, 211 yards and a touchdown. Shannon Brooks, 16 carries, 111 yards and a touchdown. Well, and this isn't this isn't different. Right? It's every team. And coming into this game on my radio show, we talked about over under Minnesota rushing yards, 178. They averaged 116 coming in, but I put that number that high because that's the expectation. That's ridiculous that that is the expectation of year four of Lovey Smith's program. And he did hit the head on the nail in the post game. I asked him, what's the issue? He asked me, you watch the game? Yeah, of course I watched the game. What do you see? That, I, it doesn't matter if what I see. What do you see and how are you going to fix it? He said, it's tackling. Well, he said the defense is set up and they, they've made, they should be there to make plays, and they have been. I'll give him that. It hasn't been scheme bust in the run game, but why aren't they making these tackles? Are you not recruiting well enough? Are you not teaching them well enough? And that's what it comes down to. Minnesota is not 23 points better than you. I didn't think they were 14 points better than you with that spread, but I think that spread was showing that we trust P.J. Fleckmore as a coach to get more out of that team, and that's what's amazing to me, Isaac, is after that game last Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Like, Illinois and Jake Hansen said this was a crossroads game for this season. I totally agree. But if you look at these two programs, the crossroads game was last year when P.J. Fleck got his uh, head busted in by Illinois. I mean, Lovey Smith outcoached the heck out of him in that game. But P.J. made adjustments. And what P.J. did at Western Michigan in building that program, whether you hate his shtick or not, because I don't like it, it's working, though. Kids buy into him. Kids play for him. And right now, it's are these kids playing for Lovey Smith, or is he coaching them well enough? Because since that game, Minnesota's gone 8-1. and one. Illinois has gone 2-6, and six, right? Like, they are getting crushed still in Big Ten games for the most part, and they look poorly coached. P.J. Fleck's team looked pretty well coached the last couple weeks against inferior teams, and they beat them. That's that Minnesota fans should feel good about where their program is. Does it mean they're going to win the Big Ten West? No. no, I don't think that's a great team, but they're taking advantage of an of a easy schedule, and they're going to go to a second straight bowl game. They're going to have more recruiting momentum. Meanwhile, Illinois is sitting here thinking, we got the wrong guy, that this isn't working, and now where's recruiting going? 
down the drain, right? So Josh Whitman's just got to be sitting there going, I wanted this to work, but he has to know. This is not working. There's seven games left. They'll try and turn it around, but we've seen a big enough sample size. The things that Minnesota is doing this year is exactly what we wanted Illinois to do, right? They look at that it's Minnesota schedule. the things Lovey Smith said they were going to do. Right. The th- Minnesota schedule. Softer non-conference schedule, right? I mean, not terrible teams that they're playing, but not great teams either, right? You look at Illinois' schedule. Super soft non-conference schedule. Nebraska at home who has a ton of questions, a Minnesota team that you've played, you destroyed last year. That's the first five games you should think, okay, you should be at least 3-2 and two at the very, very worst. And we saw in the offseason, Illinois' over-under for wins were three at one point by FanDuel, right? We all said, that's BS. That's one of the worst things of all time at a horrible line. Take the over there. What have you seen that says that Illinois is going to get four Big Ten win, or four wins total here? No, I, I, I thought if you lose this game, you're going to struggle to get five. Right now, I think they'll beat Rutgers. I think it'll be a competitive game. Yes. I think they'll beat Rutgers. But even with Purdue wounded, what I, I don't, I can't buy into them because the offense can't score points now, and your defense still can't stop anybody from running the ball. And Northwestern's not very good, but what we, the product on the field is not good enough to win Big Ten games. The product that you saw today was not good enough. And we can get into the Brandon Peters injury and what happens with the Illinois offense, but at the end of the day, Illinois' offense only mustered three points. That, that's just not good enough. And Illinois' defense was run all over, just trampled, just trampled. We were in the post game with, with Lovey Smith and – you know, fans, we ask about the defense, and sorry if you don't like the answers, but we ask about it in the run game and, and all those things. He did he did mention at one point, though, that we all got to be better. We expected to be better at this point. But Minnesota, you know, he's sending the message to his players, right? Minnesota showed last year that when everyone's kind of turning on you, you can still turn your season around. So that's his message right now. But you could finally tell a little bit. Lovey knows this is going south. Like that, this is a very precarious position for him, his program. Even with all the support he's gotten from Josh Whitman, he knows that this is a very dangerous spot for his program. Now I'm probably new after Eastern Michigan, but put. I mean, you see Eastern Michigan, they get end up crushed by Central Michigan. What was the final score? That was 21-3 at halftime. But that's not a good team. You know, people aren't trying to say that was a great MAC team. No, that's a mid-tier MAC team that lost 42 to 16 today. Right, <laughs> and that, that's not good enough. Nebraska is not good. We saw that. This Minnesota team, yeah, they're undefeated, and I think they'll probably be fourth or maybe even third with their Big Ten schedule uh, in the Big Ten West. But the fact that we're sitting here on October fifth, Isaac, and already thinking about lists, and we should because Josh Whitman should be thinking about lists because. I haven't seen anything from Lovey Smith's tenure to think this is going to turn around, and that's really sad. It's really sad for this program. It is sad for this program, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. And this is this is reality, and this is where you're at. And we can talk about coaching. Listen, whether Luke Fickle can turn this thing around. I mean, how, how did they get worse? Right. Like they they, they look like like I would imagine last year's team loses to this one. I don't know if they I'm, do. I, yeah, I'm starting to I'm starting to doubt that. Maybe we overestimated how good A.J. Bush was and how important that was to the Illinois offense because this Illinois offense was not very good today. They were not very good against Nebraska. I think the stat was dating back to Nebraska, Illinois had 12 consecutive drives where they didn't muster more than 30 yards on a drive. That is just not good enough for a team that we thought that Illinois' running attack would be good. And I wrote this, that I thought that Illinois would be able to run the football on Minnesota no matter what they did. They weren't able to do that. 
They weren't. It doesn't matter who's under quarterback. It was under center. If anything, when Matt Robinson comes in the game, that might help you a little bit because he's more of a runner. And Illinois couldn't do that. I didn't think the offensive line played very well today. Illinois went heavy, brought two tight ends in. That worked for about four or five plays. That wasn't a good adjustment that Rod Smith made, but yet again, another adjustment by Minnesota. They're always, it feels, one step ahead of you. And when teams are one step ahead of you, you're constantly in catch-up mode. Illinois is not ever catching up. They're not. Well, and when you know your defense scores a couple touchdowns for you, but when this team gets behind by a couple scores, they don't have the passing game. Right? They don't have the passing game to make up for it right now. When we come back... Uh, quarterback felt like Rod Smith was close to fixing this position, but it seems far from fixed. We'll talk about the future of that position next. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, Isaac Trotter, it was interesting. Before the game, I was with Marley Weirda on the WCI3 post, uh, pregame show, which Tune in, by the way. They're a lot of fun because um, it's pregame and not postgame coverage. <laughs> but, all right, we were talking about Isaiah Williams not making the trip. He suffered an injury, apparently, or a lingering injury. Lovey Smith wouldn't talk about it. He just said it's an injury. Now, he didn't make the trip, so he wasn't good enough to go. Um, I think we would have seen him today, and it's sad that we didn't get a chance to see him today, that he hasn't been healthy. Um, but Brandon Peters leaves the game. Uh, he wasn't very good. He hasn't been very good. He was 5 for 10, 32 yards, a really bad interception. I know all the quarterbacks today didn't play very well. Tanner Morgan wasn't very good for most of the game. Ended up with three touchdowns, but um, that was mostly in the your Illinois safety plays the worst in the country. Right, that has been. Um, but Brandon Peters wasn't very good, and he looked like the guy who fell to number four on the depth chart at Michigan. But he went and got him because Matt Robinson wasn't ready. And I think we saw Matt Robinson can ignite the run game. Um, that was his first real action in a game. So I, I would expect him to improve after this, but he just doesn't have the arm to make some of these throws. Um, so if he has to go next week against Michigan or Wisconsin, this could get really bad because the Illinois quarterback position still isn't good enough. hope Brandon Peters can come back because he still think he's your best opportunity. But Isaiah Williams, I'd love to see him. I thought this would be what we'd see with Brandon Peters, get you through the non-conference on skate. That didn't happen. But And then I think he would fall down a little bit in Big Ten play. He's crashed. Now he suffers the injury. And now Isaiah isn't there to see what you got in him the rest of the year. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest issue right now with Brandon Peters is just the lack of confidence that he has. And you've done everything you can to support a guy like this. You gave him a good offensive line. You gave him a, one of the best running backs in the country in, in Reggie Corbin. You went out and got two grad transfer wide receivers to add that with Ricky Smalling. You got a tight end in Daniel Barker that you like, right, and has put good stuff on film. So you surround him with all of these different things and to get rewarded with a quarterback that's constantly second-guessing himself and second-guessing his judgment and second-guessing his throws is just not good enough. 
Five for ten today for 32 yards with an interception and a really bad interception, too. Illinois was lucky that Minnesota didn't score off that when the interception, Antone Winfield Jr., returned that to the 12-yard line. Illinois defense makes a stop, gets a field goal. They're lucky that wasn't a touchdown. It's just at the end of the day, you wanted Isaiah Williams to be here. He's not here. I'm really wondering what this is going to be like next week at Michigan. I had a guess that if Brandon Peters was healthy, he'd be the starter. I guess that Matt Robinson has the inside job for the starting job. But if Isaiah Williams can get healthy, we could see him next week. There's no there, – They throw him out there against Michigan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I, I don't think the staff has any leeway not right. to play him if right. he's your best option. But He's your guy. He's yeah. your top ten recruit. I really wonder how A.J. Bush would look with these targets because I, I still think – Ricky Smalling had a bad day today with three drops. But Trayvon Sidney, you saw him going, then he gets hurt. That's going to be a big injury. Uh, Donnie Navarro, I thought, came in and gave him a little bit of life. But Daniel Barker, he's not getting used enough. Bebe is not being used enough. I, I feel like these are good enough weapons. You just don't have the point guard to get it to all of them right now. And you thought you did. And yes. that's the frustrating thing. Because what we saw from Brandon Peters in the season opener against Akron was a lie. And what we saw in that second quarter against UConn when he threw for three touchdowns was another lie. The real truth was well, the those th- are two terrible teams. Right. The real truth, though, was the three quarters of struggling football against UConn and the four quarters of really struggling football against Nebraska and the quarter and a half of horrible struggles against Minnesota. You That's can the quarterback he is. You can see why Tommy Stevens was the guy they really, really wanted. And Matt I think Fink. Matt Fink was yeah. a guy, and we talked about it when Brandon Peters came in, um, that lack of a running quarterback. Now, he had a, the play he got hurt on was a run, and actually it was a very good run by Brandon Peters. And I think that was necessary for them to get that going uh, because they lack that right now because everyone can just key on Reggie or Dre Brown or whatever it is. So um, I think they need that running quarterback, and Brandon obviously is not it. And Fink couldn't get in here. He wasn't graduated, didn't have the you know transcript to get in here, even though he's a good student. And Tommy Stevens shows Mississippi State. Yeah, I will say I still feel solid about the – quarterback position here at Illinois long term because Brandon Peters can have bad games. He he still has time to turn it around eventually. Isaiah Williams, I still like him in the future. C.J. Dixon's a really good prospect. He's done good things down at Grayson this year. But how far away is he? Right. And can Isaiah Williams stay healthy? Well, and the problem is, is you need somebody right now, and we don't have time to wait. And in the future, you'll have a good group here long term but you don't have but you don't yeah right but like but you don't have a guy right now you don't have a difference maker right now no offense to matt robinson but he averaged 4.3 yards per attempt today 15 for 29 for 125 yards his throws are not very good and if you want to rank quarterbacks in the big 10 he's probably 14 i'd say probably 13 14 or 13 i mean he's but you're bottom two but even with brandon peters where are you Right, I, I don't. I don't think you're sitting there at, like we thought maybe a couple games in of eight, nine, ten. I, I think Brandon Peters the last couple weeks has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the Big Ten. And it's frustrating because Lovey Smith talked about afterward. You get you got two defensive touchdowns and you lost the game. And then you also look at it. What was entering this game? What was Minnesota's strength? Passing the football. You, with Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson. And they really didn't even go off. Yeah, Johnson let's, three let's, catches for 38 yards. But they didn't go off. And they still beat you by 23. And it still wasn't competitive. Let's talk about that defense when we come back right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. All right, defensively, I, I just don't know what to say anymore about a Lovey Smith defense. I mean, they have six takeaways, Isaac, over the last two games. Two defensive touchdowns. They set up their offense for, what, two or three touchdowns against Nebraska. 
Yet they give up 332 rushing yards, 300-plus rushing yards to Nebraska. Tanner Morgan, three touchdowns to one interception. How is a Lovey Smith defense this bad? It's, it's got to be the scheme is not good enough or he's not a good enough teacher, which we know he did in the NFL. It is not working here. And he said in the postgame, now we have to adjust. Where has that been for the last especially two years, right? When, when your defense has not worked, when you've had your guys here in the system – where has that been for the last two years? And, and why didn't it happen during the bye week? And why, or why didn't that adjustment work? And do you really think it's going to work the next two weeks against Michigan and Wisconsin? Yeah, that's the thing. I, uh, you, go, you have such a big sample size of Lovey Smith's defense struggling so much that now you want to make a change. And what does that change look like? And how much can you implement? And how much can you really change? Because at the end of the day, the talent's just not good enough. I think you have an uh, underwhelming defensive line, and that's a nice way of saying it. I think you have a really bad secondary right now. Your defensive line, or your defense has four sacks the last three weeks, and Jake Hansen had the big one today, and he had some big plays again. I thought Delhi Harding played decently well. Um, but, yeah, that defensive line is not good enough. Jamal Milan had a decent game today. Woods missed a couple tackles for a loss. I mean, you obviously missed Bobby Roundtree, but – you know, I think that UConn game inflated our value of, or a lot of people's value. I, I knew the last couple of weeks he hadn't played that well. But Wally Batiku, I mean, he struggled today. He really struggled against the run, uh, but he didn't really have any kind of disruptions. And, and they just don't have any other options right now to really liven up that game. When Mark Mondes here and Ayushak Banyo, former linebackers, are your t- second and third uh, defensive ends right now. And- I don't want to blame the players anymore because it's on Lovey Smith and the coaching staff to recruit better and to get more talent so that you don't have to play the waiting game. Well, let's hope that Moses Opala, Seth Coleman, and, and Keith Randolph are good in a couple of years. And maybe then when they're healthy and strong and big and redshirt sophomores, they can play at this level. That, that waiting game is over. You've had four years to bring up this program. And, you can, and Lovey Smith will point, hey, Bobby got hurt. Bobby's one player. That's it. And Bobby's a really, really good player. But Bobby doesn't change that entire game and make, you know, Minnesota, instead of having 487 total yards of offense, they now have 315, right? Like, he, he's not just, he's not that good. He's not a god. Yeah, and let's get back to the, the secondary. Had a couple busts today. I thought they were really poor against the run yet again today. Um, that secondary has not been as good as I thought it would be. Nate Hobbs has been Solid. I thought he'd be better at this point. Um, obviously, Devin Witherspoon got the start today, and that's a freshman who showed up in early August that's starting a game for you over guys that you've recruited or guys you didn't recruit because they're no longer here or you missed out on cornerbacks. And then the safety play has been really underwhelming. I, I didn't think Tony Adams played well today. Kirby Joseph had a really rough game. Sidney Brown isn't as good as you thought. You Stanley to, Green is hurt and can't play. You had to move, uh, you had to move uh, Delano Ware back there, and I thought he actually was one of your better guys back there. So it's just that those classes are not looking very good. I mean, at some point, they're sophomores, juniors, and they're not producing the way you thought they would, and that turns it back on the coach yet again. And it- why do you have Quan Martin on your roster? Because nobody else, no other Power 5 school offered him, yeah, right? he had Iowa State. I, okay. Sidney Brown, late wrist, roll of the dice. That roll of the dice hasn't worked out right now. Delana Ware, late guy, not a lot of Power 5 offers. You're not, getting, you're not winning Power 5 battles and recruiting in those cl- classes, and it's showing on the field right now. And, and you don't have the depth either. There's a couple stats that I look at. One, uh, no pass breakups today, right? Your, your secondary is not getting hands on the football. Yeah, Tanner Morgan had some... 
horrible bad throws, throws, and then some of the wide receivers had some bad drops, including stud Tower Johnson. Right, and so when you have zero pass breakups and one sack today, and it came from a linebacker, so not much uh, penetration from your defensive line, those two combinations don't work real well. At, at the end of the day, though, they ran the ball 52 times and only passed it 17 times because they didn't have to pass it. They got 6.4 yards per carry, and that was at 1.9 when they were in the third quarter. Well, and I talked to Jamal Milan afterward, and you talked to Jake Hansen, and you talked to Daley Harding, and they always say the same thing. We're in the right spots. We're just not tackling well. Where does that come from? How do you not tackle well, right? Because there are multiple opportunities where Milo Eifler had one, uh, Delana Ware had one. You're, you, you stop all the gaps. You're in all your right gaps. And then Shannon Brooks or one of the other, Rodney Smith, wiggles his way forward for seven. There are two reasons you'd miss tackles. One is you're not talented enough to tackle that guy, have enough quickness to tackle. Like Wandale Robinson, I thought that was an issue. And you're going to miss some one-on-one battles, right? Sometimes the offense is going to win some battles. But it happens over and over and over again. Makes you think it's not getting coached well enough. They don't tackle very much in practice. I know Jay Lehman is a guy who would like to tackle in practice. And if you're Lovey Smith, I know you're a thin team. Maybe you got to think about it because it's cost you a couple games. Nebraska, if you tackled well or just tackled decent, you would have won that game. Eastern Michigan, maybe if you tackle well. Minnesota, I don't even know if tackling would have helped, but you weren't very good either way. Another thing I didn't really like were the penalties, too. Eight penalties for 80 yards. Again, that rears its ugly head. I, I, I thought You kind of thought you had it fixed after Nebraska, but that's nine penalties against UConn, nine penalties against uh, Eastern Michigan, and now nine penalties against Minnesota. 27 penalties in three, game, three of your last four games. What does that speak to? Not a well-coached team either. When we come back, let's give some final thoughts on what happens next. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, Isaac Trotter, I don't expect any, you know, mid-season change or anything like that. I, I think Lovey Smith's going to be the leader of this program the rest of the year. But I also don't see with him under with the leadership of him and where this – where this locker room is at right now, because we see these guys, right? I mean, we, we can read their eyes, and we can kind of read their body language. Um, this locker room's in a very precarious position right now, and given their past history and given what they've been through, I don't know if they're going to get out of it. And I don't know if Lovey Smith's message is getting them out of it, because we haven't seen it happen the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, I'd like to tell people, hey, there's still a chance here. I just don't see it. I mean, what we've seen on the field and kind of what we read from these players right now. Reggie Corbin's a positive guy who always usually has an uplifting message. He has a good outlook on life. He was really, really frustrated today. He said, I'm tired of losing. He said, I'm just doing what I've been told to do, right? I'm running hard. I'm running strong. I'm just doing what I'm told. And he goes, I'm stunned too. And I, I, I said it was, I felt like a little stunning that this game was the way it was. He goes, I'm, I'm stunned too. He doesn't have answers. And when that's your senior and your leader of your team who said, I'm really sick and tired of, lo- of, of losing after four years of this, 
that kind of says a lot where this locker room is. Hurts those dudes more than us. I mean, it hurts. hurts those dudes way more than Illini fans out there. But this isn't good enough. It, it, just, it just isn't good enough. Year four, um, whether you want to say year three with his players, it's not good enough. It's not what we told this season would be. It's not what Josh Whitman told us this season would be. He said this is going to be one of the great stories of Illini athletics. It is not. It is not. And, it's same old, same old. Yeah, and barring some drastic change, Lovey Smith at the end of this year is going to have a far worse record um, in the Big Ten or a very similar record to what Tim Beckman and Bill Cubitt had. So what's that tell us? It's not good enough right now. So um, I don't see it. I don't see it changing. And the hard part is you got seven games left, and you just don't want this to get uglier. But I see it getting uglier. It's going to get ugly. Michigan is going to be ugly. Wisconsin's going to be really ugly. And say you beat one of those guys, right? One of you, those teams, like Purdue did, that doesn't automatically get your season back on track. It doesn't change everything. If if you beat Michigan but still end five and seven, it's just not good enough anymore, right? At, at some point, at some point, you have to make a bowl game. You have to finish with a, a above five hundred record, and that's not going to happen most likely. It just isn't. Yeah, I, I would think to erase this taste. Yeah, you have to make a bowl game in my opinion. And if you get to five wins, aren't competitive. But I just don't see that. I mean, we could talk about that right. and throw it out we've there. We've said that for six months, well, all well, offseason. Like, we've talked about it the last three weeks. Like, ah, well, if, East, if they beat Eastern Michigan, there's a nice path. Well, they didn't beat Eastern Michigan, but if they beat Nebraska, well, if they didn't win those two games, but they win at Minnesota, you're running out. And, and realistically, just talent-wise and, and coaching-wise, you're just not stacking up with anyone other than really probably Rutgers right now and maybe a really beaten up Purdue team. And when Lovey Smith came to Illinois, you were competing with Rutgers to get out of the basement. And Purdue. Right. And <laughs> Purdue got out of the basement. And now in year four, who are you competing with to get out of the basement? Rutgers yet again. You've made zero progress in, in four years. Zero. The talent's better. I'll give him that. But when you have increased talent and the same results on the field, what does that speak to? It means you're getting outcoached, outschemed, and, and that's really frustrating. Rod Smith shouldn't be without any fault here either. Oh, Rod Smith's good. offense was not very good today. Only had three points, uh, and you can blame part of that on the Brandon Peters injury, but he wasn't very good even when he was in there. I have massive concerns on both sides of the football. The only place they don't have concerns, special teams, because Blake Hayes is really good at his job. Dre Brown is good at kick returns, and Bob Ligoszewski got his dudes, who are freshmen and, and redshirt freshmen, in the right spots at the right time, and he's getting the most out of that unit. Yeah, and uh, James McCourt, really good from 45-plus yards. Terrible inside it, right? Those 43-yard field goals. I just – I don't – if I'm a kicker, I'm never kicking a 43-yarder again. Just take a delay a game next time, Lovey, exactly. and get him past 45 yards. We don't like talking about this. This is not what I imagined when we signed up for this season and we're like, all right, I expected to be making bowl preparations or at least be thinking of – Late in November, I thought for that Northwestern game. You wanted that game to matter. We, I thought that was going to be a chance for a bowl game. And I don't think it's going to be anymore. And we're talking about this on October 5th. I did not expect. I, 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 kind of, I expected them to be 3-2. and two. That's only a one-game difference. But the fact that they're 2-3 and three right now and playing really bad football, I did not expect that at this point of, of the season based on the roster they have, based on what we saw in training camp. I thought it would be a 5-7 and seven team. But I don't even think they're going to make that. And I think that's inexcusable for, for Lovey Smith. It's inexcusable. It's indefensible. You can't, you can't come up with anything else to describe it anymore. Illinois is just not good enough. And the problem is, is that your roster is much better than what it used to be. And you have veterans everywhere. Veterans all over that offensive line. Veterans all over the offensive unit. Veterans all over that defense. And it's not good enough. And that's Lovey Smith's fault. 
from Josh Whitman's suite here in Minneapolis. Uh, probably wasn't a very good site for him to watch this. It's a good spot to watch the game, by the way. Really nice setup. Good spot to watch a bloodbath. <laughs> but that's kind of what it was and did not expect that. And P.J. Fleck, they got him rowing the boat up here in Minneapolis at 5-0. and Meanwhile, Illinois is 2-3. and Thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Not a fun one, again, but uh, we'll talk about it, and hopefully we're a little cathartic for Illini fans out there uh, who are very frustrated with their program, and you should be. Thanks for listening to us. Subscribe to us. Rate us. Review us. Basketball season is just around the corner. Just remember that, Illini fans. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.